Welcome to episode four of our PD podcast. We hope to enlighten, inspire, or just spark conversation and curiosity about teaching and learning. Because the district is passionate about closing the achievement gap for our culturally diverse students and English language learners, teachers are studying and trying different ways to address the needs of these students. Many teachers are studying Zaretta Hammond's research by participating in our fall book study on culturally responsive teaching in the brain. In October, we brought in Bill De La Cruz for some bias training so we could investigate the microaggressions that exist within ourselves and our school culture. We also learned some essential PSYOP strategies from Mark Rangel, Director of Innovation at CBOCES. But what better way to learn than listening to what our own students have to say? In this podcast, we hear from students in our own district about the experiences and challenges they have in the classroom and what advice they have for teachers to help them be successful. I interviewed three middle and three high school students. So my name is Joseph. I'm Angel. My name is Avalyn. Uh, my name is Braulio. My name is Bayance. Uh, my name is Jose. I want to start by saying thank you to these students. I was astonished by the level at which these students understand themselves and how perceptive they are. They are extremely courageous to share their experience and their struggles. Let's take a peek at the first student interview. Can you tell me a little bit about um, you as a learner? What um, helps you learn? Sometimes visual stuff or just explaining like many different ways because like I am like a really complicated learner trying like I want to be like the other students which is kind of hard but like they have to give me a different visual for me to understand. Jelsey, do you speak two languages? Yes. You do? Do you think that presents challenges for you as a learner? I think yes because like um, since like kindergarten I've been since ELL and like it's still like kind of hard to find words that you're looking for mm-hmm. and it's just like kind of hard because like when we have to take the ELL test it's like oh okay so what's the word I'm looking for and like you can't find the word or don't know how to spell it right because like you have two languages stuck in your head and it's just like uh, okay because of that because you have both languages in your head what are some things teachers are doing in the classroom that help you uh sometimes they fill in the gaps for me because like I'm like yes that's the word I'm looking for <laughs> or sometimes I have to use different explanation like for example, like trying to identify what the object is. And like, oh, so it's this word. I'm like, yes, that's that word I'm looking for. Being bilingual um, certainly has a lot of advantages as well. Yes. What do you see as advantages for being bilingual? How do you say it? Uh, see, like right now, like. <laughs> um, You're looking for the word. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's in like cool thing because like you can help other people that don't know how to speak English or they don't know how to say something or stuff like that. I feel like everybody accepts who you are here in Estes. If you're bilingual or if you're from somewhere else, like they accept who you are, like they don't judge you for like being bilingual or for being different color or stuff like that. This is a common theme that I heard from every single student that I interviewed. They feel accepted and welcomed by their teachers and in their school. They feel their teachers make them visible in the classroom and they know their teachers care a lot about them and are there to help them. I'm so proud to be part of a district where this is the case. As I read Hammond's book, she points out students who don't feel visible by their teachers and noticed or welcome in the classroom have hijacked amygdala that are often in fight or flight status. This makes it more difficult to build trust with teachers and for neural connections to take place for learning to occur. Have you had a negative experience of not being accepted? Yeah, it was probably I was going into sixth grade 
and me and my cousins were outside playing and these other two girls were like making fun of us because we were speaking Spanish and so they were saying you're gonna get deported and stuff like that and kind of made me feel bad because like I don't like people thinking that we're different when we're the same person like them. While we may all have experiences like this where we're not accepted based on what we look like or our gender or beliefs, as teachers we must remember that culturally diverse students have a higher frequency of these experiences. And it may not be at school, but they are experiencing this in the greater world and from what they see others that look like them experiencing, whether it's on social media or the news. Chapter 3 of Culturally Responsive Teacher provides insights into how implicit bias and microaggressions surround these students and how the anxiety they feel in the classroom is amplified when they feel marginalized or unsupported because of their race, gender, or their language. The next three students I interviewed amazed me. They are all middle school students and were newcomers when they entered the school. Two of these students have only been in our school around a year. I believe you will be equally impressed with the courageous character of these students. They shed fascinating insight on what it's like to be totally immersed in a language that you don't understand. What are the major challenges for you in class? Uh, sometimes listening because there's too many people talking and I can't hear what the teacher is saying. And sometimes I don't understand what we have to do because I'm not like that bad at English. So you miss directions sometimes? Yeah. What are some things your teachers do to help you? Uh, after, they, after they stop talking, and they just say any questions, I just raise my hand and I just go to her desk and tell me what to do. In my interview with Angel, he is confident and assertive. There is no doubt in my mind he is an independent learner. But it makes me wonder, what about the students acquiring the language that don't have self-confidence or these habits of mind? When that happens in the classroom, will they be brave enough to ask the teacher a question or admit they don't understand something? And as teachers, how do we respond when that happens? Are there other things that you notice teachers do or strategies teachers use um, that help you? I don't say that things are like, she said it one time and she just said it again so everybody can understand. So repeating several or times. Or say, did somebody understand and maybe like somebody raised their hand that they didn't understand. She just said everything again. When you joined us in our school district, did you feel welcome and accepted? Yeah. Okay. Were the, what were some of the other feelings you had as you entered a new school that was all English speaking? Like, weird, because I was like scared of the what it was going to say. If I said something bad, they will like take it bad, be mad at me, or I don't know. Socially interacting with all your peers, Tell me about how you, you were able to form friendships with people. Uh, by people helping me. With Spanish speakers? Yeah, to help me. I'm shocked at how well you speak English. What could you share to help teachers meet the needs of students that are acquiring the English language? Mm, so, don't talk too fast. That's good advice. Because they always like talk really fast and like, like listening here and listening here. If you could change anything about our schools, what would it be? Mm -hmm. that, the, that the teachers will know, like, not very well, but a little bit of Spanish to talk to, like, the teachers, the, the kids that don't know that very of English. When did you begin learning English? Like, two years ago.
one year and a half. What was hard for you when you started going to school here? Like the people like they're talking English, then like I get confused because I don't understand the English. Then some some teachers want me like to write English, but sometimes I can't. It's hard. Sometimes they don't let us to write in Spanish, but it's still hard. Does that help you to write in Spanish and then English. transfer to English? Yeah. What are some of the other challenges as you sit in the classroom? As you're asked to gain all the knowledge in English, what are some of the other challenges that that presents well, for you? Um, sometimes um, the teachers tell us like to be quiet, but sometimes I can be quiet because Oh no, that's my personality. I oh. always like talking. And like it's hard for me like to be quiet. Okay, instead of talk and share, do you feel like the opportunity to work with other students in a group is better for you? Yeah. You do? Sometimes I watch videos on YouTube about stuff like learning stuff in English then I get the video then I learn it okay. from there. So whatever you're learning in class you then go on to YouTube and look up the information and watch videos about it? Yeah. Okay so that you can learn more? Yeah. Okay. What advice do you have for teachers? What could they help you do? Help me to do stuff like help me more to do to understand it then um then like to speak to speak more uh, I have to do talking so you want them to help guide you to be able to talk and use it more yeah okay more opportunities for you to talk but talk about what's going on in class mm -hmm. with others and use the language yeah okay well when I got here first I was in kindergarten I couldn't really speak English at all so speaking a language was pretty hard for me. Can you give us a little insight or tell us a little bit about what that experience was like for you in kindergarten and some of the struggles well, that you had? It was, it was hard for me because mostly I didn't understand what the subject was, what, could I, what couldn't I do and what could I do. And when the teacher told me a question, I couldn't be able to answer it. Many years later, after beginning to acquire that language in, at a very young age. What now are the struggles in the classroom for you? Well, the struggles, uh, struggles are spe speaking fluently. fluently. Mm, right. Yeah. As far as vocabulary and acquiring like the English language and learning the vocabulary, do you feel like you are understanding most of what's happening in the classroom and following along? Yeah, I feel like I'm understanding more. Okay, but it's the, so the input of information in has been pretty good for you, but it's the output of you giving the information back to the teacher and the fluency with, that comes along with that that's hard for you? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. What are some strategies that you use as a student that help you? Uh, in reading? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I would, uh, you know, try to divide the words into parts. You know, like, if there's like two words together, and they made one word that would divide it in so I can see the two words. Right? How about writing? 
Um, well, what are some strategies that you as a student use for writing? Well, for writing, I try to express myself as much as I can. Use different words on each sentence. Try to not repeat the sentence a bunch of times. Yeah. What are some tools that you use? Some ex like exciting words, or so, some words that would get you interesting or interest in a in a book. Okay, so kind of a bank of words you could use. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share that would be helpful for teachers to know? Focusing a little bit more on speaking or understanding. Because it's that fluency that yeah. you're having a hard time with being able to communicate. Yeah. It's interesting to hear these students say that they want teachers to allow them to speak more. Think about how much the teacher is talking versus the students in what we categorize as traditional classroom settings. Pay attention to how much time is spent in the classroom for students to express themselves to each other, talk about their ideas, curiosities, and questions, and construct their knowledge. To finish up our interviews, I headed to the high school to interview two more students. They shed some great insight on what it's like to be part of the school district since kindergarten, and now these students are preparing to graduate. What are some of the challenges that, that you face being a bilingual student? Um, for me, like for example, I would struggle, and sometimes I still do struggle with um, some homework because sometimes I don't get like really what they're asking because like the words I don't understand them. So that's something I struggle with. For example, like I've had English homework, and it, it was pretty hard vocab words for me to understand. So like I wouldn't really understand like what we had to do in the assignment, and I think that's one of the biggest struggles. What are some of the things that your teachers do that really help you? acquire the language and, and keep on track with the rest of the class? Um, well, they usually, for like me, since I'm still in ELL, they like um, modify my assignments. Mm -hmm. So they'll make it like, for example, a test, they'll make it with um, less questions or stuff like that. You know, they're like, um, they'll sometimes send me um, copies in Spanish too in case I don't understand the, like mm -hmm. all the words, so. Is that helpful? Yeah. So they might take just the most important test questions. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this then. What do your teachers do already to make you feel welcome and accepted in the classroom? Well, they don't get mad that we're talking Spanish, that we're talking my language, my first language, you know? Mm -hmm. And for example, like, again, like, for example, when they send um, letters to my parents, they send them in Spanish now. So I think that that makes us, that makes you feel better because they're like, like, they like get you more involved in it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And then that makes them feel like they're part of your education mm -hmm. because yeah, they're exactly. getting communicated with and they understand. Yeah. Yep. And feel valued because it's in their language. So, yeah. overall, do you feel welcome and accepted at school? Yeah, I do. When Trump became president, because like, a lot of guys, I mean, people telling us that we were wetbacks to go back to Mexico, you know? And that made me feel bad. But I mean, after that, like, I feel good now. What's going on outside of school in the global world <laughs> of politics and society impacts our small yeah. rural community? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Anything that, any advice you can give to teachers and administrators to help with that problem? Um, probably just um, teach us more about like different race cultures and stuff like, so like a lot of people don't see that like Mexicans or other immigrants are bad people, you know what I mean? Gotcha. 
So like I think that we should do a little bit more of that stuff so like they see that we're all the same. You know, it doesn't matter your skin color or anything, like we're all the same. I have two older siblings. They would uh, always talk to me in English because, you know, like when they first started school, they always like try to be socially accepted. So like, and a, a predominantly Caucasian, white Caucasian uh, school. So they would always like speak uh, English to me and stuff like that. So I would like, it would be up there, but I would like say some phrases wrong or have bad grammar or something like that. And like the teachers would understand me, but at the same time, I would like have that insecurity that I wouldn't uh, have a way to express myself. I, like even at a young age, I wouldn't have my uh, that security that I wouldn't have a, a way to express myself in the way I wanted to because of the way I spoke English and like Spanish, I would like sometimes entwine them and stuff like that. So I would like really just be quiet and not try to like express myself to the full. Do you find yourself um, having a harder time making friendships with multiple different people? I found friends pretty like fast because like there was also like Mexican kids in the same grade and the same class as me and we were just like I was so to say like we would kind of almost have to be friends because like you know you know we understand each other we like we know how it is like at home and at school so we like we kind of and like it would be more comfortable you know you feel that that kind of limited you in a way uh, being able to make friends with others? Yeah, like during elementary and middle school, I would just like try to stay away from like anybody else other than my like, et like ethnic background. Now that I'm high school, I try to talk to more like them out of my social class, you know? Yeah, as you get older. Yeah, as I get older, I try to make more bonds, you know? It's already my senior year, so like it's probably the last, time, the last year I'm ever gonna see him frequently, like every day, stuff like that. So like, I'm just trying to enjoy it, trying to uh, make more friendships with more people. Uh, you know, because most like my, my parents only have a middle school uh, education, and they just throw us in the system, thinking like, "Oh, try your hardest," because like here, if you're like if you're white, I guess you would say that they have the help because their parents probably went through high school. They even know that the struggles. They know how to help you out. They know how to uh, teach you how to be a good student, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess coming from us, they. Th we just are thrown in the system thinking we will catch on and sometimes we don't catch on and just we just struggle through the whole system and just sometimes like for the worst like people just give up and like try not to hear and well i'm still i'm still here trying my hardest because that's what my parents came here for and i'm not going to take that for granted i'm not going to take that you know that's their dream and for me for their for their kids to graduate high school that's the reason that they came here or else we would still be in Mexico, trying to, we were living poor. Uh, I just want to make their dreams come true and in the process make my dreams come true. Yeah. So, Jose, if there's anything that you could change about our school system now that you've been through it for 12 years, what would it be? Uh, I would change is like, I don't know. This is a quote, um, uh, if you judge a goldfish on the ability to climb a tree, the goldfish would live his whole life thinking it's dumb. I would feel like most students, not all students are, you know, monkeys that climb trees every day. More like, you know, all the students, most students are not the same, you know. Not everybody can climb a tree, mm -hmm. the academic tree. 
as fast as everybody else. Anything else you'd like to share with teachers? At least have like some, with some understanding of where we're coming from and how difficult sometimes it could be. So if like, say a student's falling behind instead of like calling them out in front of the whole class or like, you know, just like making them feel bad not wanting to come to class instead of that, like trying to talk to them and like actually trying to help them out in a way that it's, they learn, like they learn not to be that way and at the same time getting the work done. Anything else you'd like to share with teachers to help them become better? I feel like the one smart white kid that always answers the questions is predominantly the one that's the favorite of this mm -hmm. class. And I feel like that shouldn't be the case, especially with uh, the Latino culture that feels, I already feel out of place in a school like this it shouldn't feel even more out of place in the, in the classroom. Try to include everybody, you know, even the back, the kid with their hood up, trying to avoid eye contact, not to answer the question. Like, it's still, just bring him in, you know, like, that treat him like it was like any, any other one, you know? I mean, I feel like every teacher has that mindset, but sometimes it just doesn't go through. I was growing up, there was always that one person in my class that would, like, I would say be the most popular, but at the same time be the smartest and always be answering and stuff like that. And I would like really get jealous on myself, but I wouldn't understand why I couldn't be like that. It was it was struggle for me, I'm not understanding why I couldn't, you know, be a good student, why I couldn't answer these questions as good as these other kids. But now when I'm older, I understand why I was coming from it. I like what Jose shares here about the way he feels when this happens in the classroom. This is such a hard challenge to manage as a teacher and so often unintentional. Teachers have so much content to teach and so much to manage. Planning ahead of time and establishing protocols to make sure every student is expressing themselves and heard can be powerful. Planning for this in the classroom can change a classroom culture. We have shared a few great resources to help teachers find protocols to use to engage students in discussion and make sure every voice in the classroom is heard and every student has that opportunity. You can find those on our Schoology professional development page. I want to end by saying thank you again to Jelsey, Angel, Evelyn, Baraglio, Bryant, and Jose for being leaders among your peers and speaking out about the challenges you feel impact learning in our school and our school culture. We are grateful for you.